nervous? <laughs> no. Where's your answer? Dennis Beckham, let the ball out! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Oh! oh, no! Oh, yes! He missed it! He's the test around. Nothing's gonna ever keep him down. Welcome to the Suffering from Joy podcast. We're here to discuss the USA 1, Iran 0. Joining me today, a recurring guest, Brayden. Say hi, Brayden. Hello. I am completely uh, sober. A couple new guests today. Brad. What's up? Uh, Brian. Hey, guys. I'm a little bit intimidated by these professionals. It's my uh, worldwide broadcast uh, uh, podcast debut. So it's okay. thanks for having me. Um, we normally have like kind of a nice structure here and what we do. And we're going to throw all that shit out the window and just... Uh, um, go ahead and vibes FC our way through this. So, gentlemen, and I'm going to let any of you jump in that you want uh, to start off with. What the fuck just happened? We won. What do we do now? We did what, what exactly what Greg Berhalter teams have done for the last year and a half to two years, which is just enough. I mean, if you look at the Gold Cup, just enough. Just squeak through. I mean, semifinals against Qatar where we barely got through. Had to go to extra time. Look at qualifying, just enough. Got through on goal differential. And today, again, just enough. That's typical Greg Burhalter. Now, that being said, we'll probably like get our ass kicked 3 nothing against the Netherlands. Mm. Well, as a quasi-Netherlands fan, you have a lot more faith in them than me because the only player that's looked good for them is uh, Cody Gakpo, who keeps tacking uh, a couple, couple extra pounds onto his price tag every game they play. Um, Brian, you're new. Anything to anything to say here? What the fuck just happened? Yeah, absolutely. It was a it was Burhalter ball all the way. I thought the uh, the defensive subs were super early and uh, and ballsy in a way that Burhalter probably wouldn't agree with me about, but um, <laughs> they did it. So I'm happy about that. And we still haven't managed to see, at least on camera, a uh, sick dime dropped by Greg. No, 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 no. Fourth minute. Fourth minute. There fourth, was okay. Yeah. Yep. I knew someone was going to correct me. I have it in my notes. I was like, there's a sick fucking dime. We're winning this game. And that's yeah, I think what that's kind of how you knew we, that we were on today. Yeah. Okay. Like, Burhalder wasn't fucking around. Like, it, it, he brought out it, – it, it, he's kept it under wraps this entire World Cup so far and brought out when we needed it the most. Low key, um, unlike his Nikes. So just like Brad said, then uh, you know he he keeps it and until we need it. Uh, okay. Um, you guys want to? What do you guys want to do? Let's just jump into the game and talk about how much that was the most nerve wracking twenty minutes of my life. Or what do we want to do? Brady, I mean, we could skip to the end. But oh, Brad, go you, ahead. Yeah, you could skip to the end, but I think it. You got to talk about the first forty-five because we were the most dominant team on the field for the first forty-five. Um, they had chance after chance in the first half. Obviously, the Pulisic goal, and then another one wiped off the board on the closest offside you may ever see in your life, right? Um, with a few other really good chances in there. And I think Iran maybe had one during the first half. Um, my biggest concern, honestly, in the second half was kind of like Brian mentioned. We went defensive way too early for my taste. I thought we could have probably pushed for a second goal and made that last 20, 25 minutes a lot less nerve wracking. Yeah, I, I agree. Much, uh, I don't love how much Greg is really leaning into the theme of this podcast. Braden, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, like, I, I agree. Like I felt that we were very much on top and if we had continued that and pushed for more of a second goal in the like first 15, 20 minutes of the second half, 
like we could have all saved ourselves from suffering um but eh, it didn't work out that way and it's fine the end i guess yeah so we're gonna be back uh what's it saturday at 9 a.m we'll be playing holland um i guess we'll get into that maybe we'll do like a full preview on it because holy shit i haven't had the chance to think about anything since the whistle blew about 10 minutes ago um brian what do you think how are we feeling yeah, it's a lot of good individual performances, and you know we created a, a, a lot of chances, but somebody's got to finish those, man. And and we're not going to go much further without without scoring some of those. And I, yeah, just not, not not to pile on, but I, sorry, I I think that we we needed to control the ball at the end of the game rather than bringing subs on, and especially putting three defensive subs at the same time is just a, a recipe for disaster. But we got away with it, so. Yeah, and I think if they uh, came down uh, after Haji Wright, you either have two choices at the end of the game there. I think it's the 97th minute. You can either score a goal or you can take the ball to the corner and just kind of hang out for a little bit. You can't, like, hit a little tiny meek shot and give them another crack at the goal. And it it wasn't quite the Greg Burhalter no, don't take a free hit shit again. But uh, I worry going forward about this team's ability to close games. The other big one for me was... Uh, in the first half where Sargent tries to make the extra pass and, um, you know, he has a chance to just roll the ball into the, the corner of the net, like nice pass it in, but, um, fuck. Ah, uh, all right, whatever. We did it. We got through. Yeah. I was, I was dogging Sargent early on, but I thought that he did after the first 10, 15 minutes, he kind of settled in. He was doing good stuff, but yeah, he's not, he's not a guy that's dynamic enough in front of goal to take us through the knockout rounds right now. And, you know, I don't know that we have that forward and then this isn't a new problem. Um, but I, I think at this point, you got to try something different. I would have, would have loved to have seen Ferrer off the bench, but there we are. I thought Weston was shy on the ball at times today. Yeah. Um, it seemed like he was hesitant to make a decision for half a second to a second, and it would kill a play. I vividly remember the first half. He got a pass from Polisic. Polisic went on a run and was begging for the ball in the box to be laid right in front of him for a quick little turn shot. And Weston staring at him, and McKinney decided to just do something else. It's those kinds of combinations that we're not putting together that's going to ultimately kill us. Yeah, so Brad, I, I kind of thought the same about McKinney. I, I had on the fifth minute, I had notes about like McKinney might be just a little too up for it, it felt like. Like I felt like there was a lot of overrunning balls, overhit a few passes and, and that sort of thing. And, and all the sort of like, I'm very ready to go in this game when maybe it needed a little bit more of a steady hand type feel, but I can't necessarily fault him for that. Like you're going to world cup elimination match. Like you want to be up for it, uh, but it worked out in the end and we'll, we'll just go to that. Uh, counterpoint on that. Tyler Adams. Holy shit. <laughs> um, I thought his yellow card was a little soft. Like maybe he fouled him. Maybe it was from behind. I thought it was a little nudge, but other than that, um, this team gets destroyed without him just yep. snuffing out every single yeah. problem. Uh, yeah. And it was amazing. Like, I've seen him play plenty of times, Leeds, USA, and he's looked great. And I've been, yep, start that guy, one of the first names on the team sheet. But uh, even against England, where he was great, I think this is his crowning achievement. Brian, tell me I'm wrong. Absolutely not going to tell you I'm wrong. There's a reason I've, I've been on that Adams train for a long time. He is 
the most important player we have, and particularly for a team who's not able to score a lot of goals right now. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to clean a lot of things up on transition, and, and he just always seems to be there. But I think that a lot of people are sleeping on Musa. I mean, that guy has been all over the pitch, winning the ball, defense, offense. Got a little bit tired, right? But um, yeah, I, I, these the, both of those guys are just have been immense for the whole tournament so far. Yeah, the the midfield has just been really, really good um, through these first three games, and it's sometimes yeah we're frustrated a little bit with how. I'm happy we got through, don't get me wrong, but it's frustrating with how we got through and only scoring two goals. But I also have to remind myself to take the step back and realize we still haven't given up a goal in open play. And there aren't too many. That's teams, a great point. There, there, there aren't too many teams that are standing left that can say that right now. So I, I'm pretty, the defense, besides a, a leaky play here and there, has been very, very good for 270 plus minutes now. Well, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. So we get the pregame lineup. We all have our 15, 20 minutes, whatever. I don't know how long you guys took. I have a 15-minute cap um, to freak out about, oh, my God, Cameron Carter-Vickers. <laughs> yeah, he's a little quicker. Yeah, you can pass the ball a little better than Walker Zimmerman. Celtic's a better team than Nashville SC. Fine, Walker's been okay um, outside of the Wales moment. Um Braden, what did you think? Were you freaking the fuck out, or were you just kind of like, oh, okay, I can see it, and like, let's just roll? What do you think? I, I was mostly that it's fine. It, for me, it was more a question about Zimmerman and kind of how it's gotten to this point. Because uh, I, I, it wasn't that long ago that it was like, it's Miles Robinson, Walker Zimmerman, like that's our center back pairing, like a hundred percent. That is what it is, obviously. Miles had the Achilles tear for Atlanta, rest in peace, like the rest of our team. Um, but it, it just seemed like it wasn't going to be – it just seemed odd that he was sidelined for such a pivotal matchup. But I thought Carter Vickers, like you take that last penalty shout at the end away, and I thought he was kind of fine in this game. Like – it grew into it, I think. Like, I think it wasn't great at first, but got better as the match went on. Yeah, I mean, um, Adam started barking at him, like, in the first five yeah. <laughs> minutes. And I think once he kind of settled down, um, we were all kind of good to go. Brad, did you see anything different? No, no. I, I thought, you know, we looked fine. Um, it, really nothing to add there. I, th I really do think that defensively we're in good spots. And... It, that's going to have to be the key to take this through. We're going to have to win a lot of these one nothing type games if we're going to continue to move on. Brian? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of CCV than probably most U.S. fans are. But um, he's so spursy. Yeah, no, I know. And I was surprised to see him. I, my, my first thought was, oh, did Zimmerman pick up an injury? Right. But, um, you know, it was, it was a gutsy tactical move. And I think that, um, you know, there are a couple of moments where it was clear, like these guys haven't started together in central defense before, but mm -hmm. not, not, not a whole lot. Right. Really. And I, I think a little bit of work with those, with those two, and, and that's a great pairing. No, I agree. And uh, my first reaction was like, well, maybe he's, you know, lacking a little bit of fitness. Nashville got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, or maybe he got, we've seen a couple of people get sick. Maybe something happened like that, but, 
Um, overall, do you agree with the call? Obviously, it worked. Like hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, Brian like would do it again ten out of ten times, or what do you think? Yeah, I'd do it again. I wouldn't have done it in the first place, but I'm going to give Berhalter credit for making a good move on that one. Uh, the uh, well, Greg eventually did the right thing. Take. I'm, I'm sure that won't be the first one. Brad, thoughts? <laughs> no, I actually thought it was a good move. And if you look at the last eight to ten minutes of that game, I, I have to go back and rewatch. But I would argue that the fresh legs of Zimmerman in those last few minutes won six, seven headers and cleared out the ball on several occasions. So it really did, I think, when we put those – when he brought him in, brought the fresh legs in – it really solidified the back line towards the end with the exception of the heart stopping play with about a minute to go. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I thought the entire back line did a great job uh, outside of the occasional kind of hairy moment here and there, but, uh, and I mean, Reem misplayed a ball or two, but uh, yeah. for me, he's been our, our best surprise at this tournament. I think a bunch of us were hoping he would at least be on the roster the way he's been playing for Fulham. And I don't see how you could watch him at Fulham and not have him as your number one center back right now. On this well, especially you see him, oh, you put him next to Anthony Robinson, and it's like, oh, okay, this is just like club. Yeah. He's been fantastic in Fulham for about the last nine months to a year. And, I mean, Greg Berhalter, he made the point before the tournament, and he goes, have you actually watched him play? When people were asking why he's on the roster. I know there's PTSD for some folks when it comes to uh, Tim Ream on the national team, but the fact is, is he's in the best form, arguably, of his career right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the last time Fulham got promoted, they just automatically took took Tim Ream out of the starting lineup because everyone knew he wasn't up to it. And then he was so good last year, they kept him in, and he's continued to be so good at higher level. It's just amazing. Is he 35? Yeah. Maybe you, you can be in the best best form of your career. And look, center backs peak late, but that's that's late for any position. But um, it's it's been really a pleasure to watch him thrive. Yeah. And there's the uh, the famous anecdote with Pep Guardiola after uh, Fulham ended up losing on this absolute horseshit Kevin De Bruyne penalty, um, but Fulham had played him to a man the entire 90 minutes at City, and Guardiola comes up to Reem after the match and says, "Oh, if you were 24 instead of 34, you'd be starting for me." And Reem goes, "That's great, but I'm 35." <laughs> <laughs> um, Brayden, what'd you think? The back line looked pretty good. Yeah, and, and I'm going to do a full mea culpa on, on Tim Ream. Like, I, I thought he didn't belong anywhere where it is, even with him playing well at Fulham. Like, I, I've suffered full from the PTSD that yeah, Brad <laughs> mentioned as far as uh, Tim Ream. Um, and he's been great. Uh, I, yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic for the U.S. Um, to, to the point that I think it makes sense as far as doing this with um, Carter Vickers. Like, that he was the one to integrate with, you know, a new player and not Zimmerman. I, I think that's a kind of a key point here. Um, I didn't think the back line was great this game. Like, I was very nervous at times. Like, it just – they weren't challenged that much in the first half. What they what they did have to do, they, they took care of it. But um, they got there in the end, and that's really kind of all you have to do is a central defensive pairing sometimes. I, did Turner have to make a save today? I don't remember one, but I might be forgetting something. One towards the end of the game. Uh, I, I think on the penalty shout, like, there was actually a shot on net, but, yeah. like, they wanted the penalty instead. Okay, yeah. And, I mean, let's go ahead and 
do the referee right now since everybody's gonna I always try to save it till the end and it never happens, so let's just go ahead and um do the refereeing thing. I didn't think any of the penalty shouts had a shot in fucking hell and it would have been a travesty against justice for them to, no, to give either I... of those. Um he was a little shy on giving uh Iran some yellow cards, but other than that I thought he was good. Um, I thought that dude was insistent upon making it a rugby match for the first 55 minutes of that match. Well, and that's what I didn't understand about Adams getting the yellow. Like, yeah, maybe he kind of nudges the guy from behind. It wasn't, it was, you know, maybe a foul. I, I don't hate the guy for calling it, but uh, you look at all the other shit that got let go, um, including the, the foul where the guy clearly just takes out um, Sergeant. Yeah, Sergeant leaves a leg in um, that ends up with him, I'm assuming, getting hurt from the way it sounded uh, pretty badly. But, like, none of that was a yellow card until, you know, we were really in, like, stretch full where the CONCACAF comes into play for us um, Yeah. Uh, time. Uh, Brian, what would you think? Yeah, I'm not as down on, on the refereeing in this game as some people. I thought, I think at the beginning, both of the teams were fairly well-behaved and the referee was really determined not to interject himself. And then there were moments in the second half where he probably should have and didn't. Um, but overall, I don't think that there was any really important call that was blown. So I'm okay with it. Coming as a former youth referee, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> uh, so no bias at all. You had mentioned, by the way, uh, potential injuries. Uh, reports coming through that Polisic is actually heading to the hospital right now for scans. Fuck. Uh, did we decide if that was his actual like male genital area? Because when he came off, it looked like he was holding his thigh. They're saying but, abdominal. So Okay, interesting. So I heard abdominal and was like, this dude has broken ribs. Like that that's what I heard as as far as it because it's just like the way that he was walking and the like the way it was uh, it, it didn't seem great. No, and I mean you he looked like he was having trouble breathing and that's a definite um common symptom of broken ribs if you guys have never experienced it. I highly recommend avoiding it. Um, just saw something that he is in the hospital with testicular torsion as well. Fuck. Oh, oh, everybody's everybody's favorite uh, sports injury. Two most terrifying say. words in the English language. Oh, so do they find a spot for Geo on Saturday now, or does he just stay in exile? Uh, it's a good question. I would assume they just slot Aronson in like they did at halftime, but I mean, maybe Geo becomes a sub. Um, Let's talk Turn about into a uh, Winalda's Twitter spaces. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. No, it's fine. That's what we're here for. I told you guys to go let loose in Vibes FC. This um, <laughs> we're all about jokes. We won. We're going through. Uh, whatever you guys want to do, throw it out there. Um, I assume they're going to play Aronson. Anybody else disagree? Oh no, I think he has to be in the lineup. The way he's been, the way he's played these first few games, he's been one of the more dynamic attacking presences we've had on the field. I think you you need to have somebody who can press the ball forward and actually make defenders defend because we haven't been doing enough of that. Yeah, and I yeah. Um, I don't know. There's like 25 things I want to say right now, but um, do we know why like Geo didn't see the field today? Are we thinking that's just all Greg going defensive or what? Greg felt like one goal was enough. I think that's God right. Damn it, Greg. I mean, he's really just waiting to unleash the secret weapon of totally fresh Geo in uh, round of 16. That's what I think is happening. 
That's what you think is happening or that's what you hope is happening? I mean, no, that would actually require Greg thinking ahead. So I'm totally guessing here. His Nikes did look good today. <laughs> they always look good. Well, yeah. These ones looked especially good. You think he just flies to Oregon ahead of time and just looks at a whole wall of shoes and decides what he's going to take to a trip for like Qatar? I think Phil Knight just hand delivers every shoe he wants Greg to wear. Oh, that's fair. Phil Knight's still alive. Did I make that up? No, he's like 80. They just had a 80th uh, birthday basketball tournament or something in Portland for him. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I saw the basketball tournament and was just like, oh, did Phil Knight die and I missed that? Uh, all right. Okay, well, that was a weird segue. <laughs> but, I mean, subs in general, anybody want to jump in? Like, do you think they were good? Uh, I would have gone Ferreira over Haji Wright, but, you know, whatever, it worked. But um, anything for any of y'all? No, I mean, for the most part, I thought they were fine. Uh, I didn't see anything that stood out as being egregious outside of Shaq Moore. Uh, that's a guy that I, I don't need to see on the field ever again in a U.S. uniform when it comes to high level. If you want to play him in the in the Gold Cup, fine. Not going to complain. Put him out there during a World Cup, he should not be there. Yeah, this, and this, I, level, this level's way too high for him. I vigorously defended him coming on against England instead of Yedlin, and watching that, I was like, oh, good Lord. Um, throw Christian Roldan at right back instead of this guy. I don't, I don't care, just not that again. Yeah. Yeah, Moore's Moore's been bad, um, and you know his defending is okay. He needs to not run all the way up the field every time because he's complete and he's not useless. He's counterproductive in the attack. People keep yeah. feeding him nice balls, and then he just loses it or just I don't know. It's uh, not the sub I would have made, but um, yeah, it worked. Um, yeah, Ferreira I thought was a no brainer, which we didn't get. Uh, having somebody who can who can make some dangerous runs and sort of keep that back line honest when Iran needed to push, I think would have been a, a lot more helpful than what we got from Haji. I understand the reasoning for it. You know, you want you want somebody who can who can hold up and, and do some more sort of strong defensive work. But I really I think Ferrer would have been a better shot. And again, I just think the defensive subs going to a back five that early, knowing I mean, we all knew we were going to have ten minutes ish of stoppage time so you're going to play almost 20 minutes like that on when you're already under pressure was a mistake um, that we almost paid for in my opinion yeah Braden, anything to add yeah i was good i was gonna have a couple of notes like I, I had that i probably would have rather seen ferrera as well like i i just think that um, kind of like I mentioned, just the ability to run behind against a stretch defense. Like, I, I think that would have been really key. But I understand, like, Haji there to battle. Like, uh, Sergeant, I think, had done a lot of good work holding the ball up. And so maybe the thought was Haji can do kind of the same thing. It did not work out that way. Like, I think Haji was pretty poor in this game. But that eh, is what it is. <laughs> we got over the line. I, I generally do not like central defensive subs late in a match like i just think that while you're defending these yeah yeah like i just think it takes you a minute to get into the game and and that sort of thing and and sometimes like those critical moments happen while a guy is still getting the feel of the game and we got away with it and zimmerman was very good i thought in the like last 10 minutes of the game so I, i think it was the right call but man it made me really really nervous I just hate whenever we do that, and like it seems to be part of Greg Ball, which is weird because you would think the way he plays is supposed to be more attacking, but 
Uh, it just seems like, okay, let's get our one goal, maybe, I guess. Um, it really reminds me a lot of, like, first season Austin FC, except, like, with way better players, where it's just, okay, well, we'll, we'll kind of kick in some crosses, and maybe we'll, like, um, have a guy uh, beat someone off the dribbler or something, but there's no creativity. Like, if you watch Dest or any of these other guys before we get the goal, there's a bunch of people just standing around. There's nobody in the box when we send in crosses. I yeah. don't. I don't know. We're stuck with him for at least another game. We'll see how that goes. But um, let's kind of move into what we like to call like MVP of the game or who you thought was really good um, and who you want to give a shout out to. Uh, Brian, who would you give flowers to? Um, yeah, look, I, I, I'll give it to Pulisic because he scored the goal and I talk shit about him constantly. Um, not. No, I honestly, he's been poor other than the first half in England. I don't think he's played well at all at this tournament, but um, you need guys who are going to rise to the occasion. And, um, and that's who we've been told he is. And today he was, and I'm sorry he got hurt so he can have my flowers. Okay. That sounds good. And um, future generations of Pulisics uh, have been sacrificed so we can go forward and play Holland <laughs> and we should all be thankful. Ryan will put the uh, flowers next to the hospital bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brad, how about, your, how about for you? I mean, we talked about it already, but it's Tyler Adams for me. I mean, he made so many plays that got us out of trouble that uh, I just don't think you can overlook that and clearly showing why he's got the captain's armband out there right now. Okay. Yeah. Agree. Uh, Braden. So my choice was Enos Musa. Like, I just think he was incredible this game as far as holding up play. Like, he did tire towards the end of the match, but I, I think that was an evidence of just how hard he worked through it. Like, there was a lot of times where it, just the technical security of keeping the ball and and keeping it away from Iran in key moments as, as we progress up the attack, I thought was really key. So for me, it's Musa, but, like, the other two are also good shouts. Um, yeah, I, and I, I think the under thing, underrated thing on both Adams and Musa isn't necessarily like, yeah, you get a cross and maybe you um, stop an attack and, you know, kick the ball out for a throw, but there are a bunch of times where just their movement kind of shading off an attack where they kind of ran us, turn around and pull the ball back. They were both incredible mm-hmm. uh, in this game, and I know Musa was tired, but he was still doing it, and he won a free kick in, what, 95th minute, 96th minute? Yep. yep. My, my note on Musa Man of the Match was 90 plus 6. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, I forget exactly what, it, I think it was him winning the free kick, where it's just like, yep, like doing all the work right there. Really appreciated it. On yeah. his birthday, no less. Yes, it is his, his 20th birthday, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um, maturity beyond his years. Um, I'm going to cheat because this is the Suffering from Joy podcast and I do what the fuck I want. Um, I'm going to shout out Serginio Dest, who I've kind of been shitting on the past two games, and I thought he had a great game. Uh, especially, it, it looks simple, but the assist on the goal is yeah. not an easy header to put across. Um, he was great. There were a couple of times where he was a little out of position or chasing the ball or whatever, but fine. We need somebody to kind of like just do something instead of being like a stodgy system robot. And I think he definitely, more than the previous two games, stepped in and did that. Uh, and the other one I want to shout out is Josh Sargent. Yeah, he was great holding 100%. up the ball. Yeah, yeah, um, he's great holding up the ball. 
you know, maybe he makes that extra pass that we talked about uh, instead of rolling it to the back of the net for the second one, saves us five years off our lives or several lengthy cardiac bills or something along those lines. But um, he was fine against Wales, and Haji was kind of fine against England. But um, I think he was very instrumental in building the attack, uh, chasing down balls that we were playing through the channels, chasing balls over the top, uh, basically just posting up whether it was kind of a simple ball in straight ahead to him or uh, kind of on the side of the goal towards the edge of the box. he His work rate in this game was fantastic. And uh, I know I predicted he was going to score five goals, but um, I'll take this any day. I have to agree. Like, I, I thought Sargent was absolutely fantastic today. And, and mostly in, in work rate more so than, like, final ball and all the other stuff that strikers are supposed to do. But I, I don't think you would have asked for much more than him today other than, like you said, score score the goal and save us all years of our life. But, like, we don't watch this game to, to have years on our life. Well, if we are, we're we're making a serious mistake. Um, <laughs> Brad, anybody you thought didn't have maybe the best game or somebody you would um, maybe want to say see even, like, a subbed out? Interesting question. I, I, I mean, besides the the sub in that I already have gone over, which is more, he's I, I can't get over how poorly that guy's played. And I just saw a great point, which is if you had told me he has played more minutes than Gio Reyna at this point in the World Cup, I would have laughed at you. Um, Fuck, throw Gio Reyna at right back. Huh? Fuck, throw Gio Reyna at right back. I would honestly feel better. <laughs> I would I would absolutely feel better a tech, from a technical standpoint, understanding what the hell we're trying to accomplish um, and actually moving the ball up on the wings on an attack. It would make me feel better. Uh, outside of that, honestly, I didn't see anybody today that was terrible. You know what I mean? Nobody out there was just completely deficient of their of their job, especially in the starting 11. No, I just I just wish we had stayed on the attack more for another 15, 20 minutes tonight. Yeah, and I, we all assume that's Greg, right? Yes. There's no way they came out of the out of halftime and saw what they saw in the first half and said, "Let's change. Let's not stick with that unless it came from Greg," because the guys on the field had to know they were dominating that game. Yeah, I I would think so, Brian. Anybody you thought wasn't you know necessarily up to speed today? No, I thought everyone did their job fairly well. I I disagree with you guys a little bit about Sargent, as I mentioned before. I think he was he looked especially really early in the game, he looked pretty lost. But again, I, I did think he settled in and did a lot of really important work after that. There were times where if, if his vision was a little bit better, more things would have happened. Um, but yeah, it's a, it was a good performance by the starters. We've covered the sort of beat the subs to death already. But um, <laughs> yeah, Greg, Greg, Greg Berhalter doing, uh, yeah, one more time, doing the defensive subs instead of what we needed, which was 10 more minutes of possession at that stage. Um, that was probably the worst decision. But um, in terms of players, I thought they were good. You are allowed to pick Berhalter if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Like clarifying the rules. <laughs> Seems like a cheat code. Uh, well, you know, I told you guys we were just going to throw the shackles off and vibes our way through this. So here we are. Um, Braden, anybody you want to talk about? I thought the starters were pretty good uh, for this match. So I'm not going to go too much on them. I thought Hadji Wright was not great today. Like, I thought, like, the 
it, it wasn't just the moment where he kind of meekly hits it towards the keeper instead of taking it to the corner. There was a time where, like, I forget exactly which minute it was, but he he could have played um, Aronson in and just kind of – it felt like he kind of gave up or was looking for a foul or something like that. I, yeah, I, I know exactly think... what you're talking about. That infuriated me. Yeah, it's like – your entire reason that you were in here is to battle and to, to win these balls. Like you need to go harder for this. And I, that was frustrating for me, but that's kind of nitpicking. Like, I, I don't think it's that bad overall. Like, I, I think all the stars did well. Subs could have done better, but at some point, like it's kind of why they're subs is and not starting is, is they're not quite as good. So I, I think it's fine. Well, it's also kind of hard to come onto a game and impact it as much as a sub. But I'm going to piss everybody off and say I didn't think Weston McKinney was great today. That's fair. Uh, I, I, thought, that. I can agree uh, with that. Yeah, I um. Well, no, I thought I was supposed to piss everybody off. Well, now I. Uh, all right. Um. Uh, no, I thought he was misplaying passes and he was slow on releasing stuff. And I'm glad he was out there, but I don't know if it's his lack of game time or him recovering from an injury or what, but. I thought this was his worst game of the tournament, like by far. Um, and I, w- I wasn't exactly upset to see him come off. Noted yeah, Helen Acosta, he... that lover that I am. <laughs> Weston was a little bit tired by the time he got subbed, so taking him off made sense. Um, I think you, and I can't remember who mentioned it, but he just, I think he was trying to do too much, especially in the, in the first half. And I saw him trying to multiple times I saw him trying to move two or three other players around at the same time he's trying to you know receive the ball and it's just um you know he's he's great because he's got great vision and he he sees things happening but he was actually trying to force them to happen and that's just not really how the game works unfortunately and um so yeah look maybe a little too eager uh, trying to take charge and be a leader which is great um but it just didn't quite work for him today. So I don't know. I'm not too upset about you picking Weston. He did he did some nice things too though. I mean he had that cross that ended up in a goal. So I'll give him that. <laughs> what felt like a game that was a little more open than it was, I just saw the XG numbers for both teams too. Uh USA you read them out? Yeah, USA XG was one point two four. Iran was point two five for the entire match. And it felt like it was a little more open than that. But obviously, those metrics would say no. No, I mean, as far as an actual shot, they had a header very late on that was close. But other than that, I don't think there was an actual like shot that really troubled anyone. Fair. Um, yeah, so we're going to the knockout stages. Uh, anybody have any feelings about Holland? So me personally, I would have rather played Holland just from a matchup standpoint, than either Senegal or Ecuador. Because I don't like when teams can absolutely just out-athlete us. So, and I've been very unimpressed with Holland so far this tournament. Like, Cody Gakpo saved their shit a couple times. Yeah. Um, Let's look forward. Um, Brad, what do you think? How would um, Holland, Senegal, do you have a preference? Ecuador, anything like that? Oh, very happy we're playing Holland. I, I That we've already played a UEFA team in England and arguably one of the top two. Um, we played, yeah, we played Wales as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about Wales. Totally forgot about that. Um, so did Wales. 
Which, oh, just going back to Wales, another tweet that I saw during this conversation was the only goal we've given up is to an MLS striker, which is hilarious. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> um, but I would rather play Holland, knowing that we've structurally played well, well so far against two UEFA teams, um, that their attack doesn't overly scare me, and it feels like another one of these low scoring one nothing kind of games that I think we can grind out. I'm with you. If we get into a track meet with a Senegal, there's there's no way. We would not have won that match. Braden, any thoughts? I mostly agree with that. Like I do think that playing a team that sets up in a somewhat predictable manner and, and I think it's something that we can kind of plan for as far as their structure and how they're going to play, I think will help us because I, I I do think that we had a solid plan for both Wales and England and, and probably this match as well, but some of the games I've seen with Ecuador and Senegal, I think have been a little bit more open and a little bit more vibesy and I, I don't know that that's where Berhalter excels, so I think... I know for a fact that is not where he excels. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay. Alright. I'm trying to be generous here. But um, this is not on the scheme, Tron. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Thank you, Brad. (laughs) I I think that having a team that I think will be fairly predictable will be good for Berhalto. I think that Frankie de Jong is a very good player uh, for the Netherlands. But when I look at how their midfield plays, I kind of like what Tyler Adams and Musa and McCain will bring there. Like, I think that they'll be able to win that battle in midfield. And I think it's kind of one of those, as long as we're able to control midfield, I think we're going to have a shot in a match. Like, it's it's a very weird feeling to be a U.S. fan and be like, yeah, I think our midfield matches up with, like, fucking Netherlands. Yeah, and, and I'm of the opinion already, like, the team is young. The goal this whole tournament was just to get out of group stage. You know, it's a tough group. Get out of the group stage. Any three in the air is gravy. So you might play – they may play with a little less apprehension, too, in this next round. I think that's a very big possibility. You think Greg Burhalter in a knockout game is going to play with less apprehension? Not Burhalter, the players. Ah, uh, okay. Um, fair enough. I think the other thing – and, um, Brian, I know you're you're kind of a big Holland person, too, at least total football style. Um, their two best players have been Frankie DeYoung, as Braden mentioned, who we can key off with Tyler Adams, and Cody Gakpo, who's been playing on uh, Anthony Robinson, who we didn't mention in the best player segment just because he's been fantastic ever since he put on a USA kit. Um, so I think keying on matchup to matchup definitely works great for us. Uh, anything to add there? Oh, no, the matchups, yeah, I mean, I'm going to make it unanimous. I think the Netherlands is, uh, of the two choices, was the better one for us, and I, I trust that the that the starting plan will be reasonably good. They're a known, a known quantity in a lot of ways, and, and, you know, similarly to us, there's a ton of talent on that squad, but they're not, they're not generating a ton of chances, at least, um, you know, from what I've seen, so... I haven't, I haven't looked at the stats, but my, my sense is that they are also having, other than Gakpo, are having serious problems putting the ball in the net. And so if we go out there and our young guys are, are presumably going to be a little bit 
better off than than some of their older players um, after having already played three matches. And um, just trust them. You put a good game plan together and trust them to execute. Um, Jedi, yeah, Jedi versus Kakpo. That's a, a tantalizing matchup to watch. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna love it, especially after he, um, uh, the Fulham Arsenal match where he just pocketed Sokka, and um, I was just like, oh, this guy might actually be pretty good. So I was I was plenty happy to to see that, and um, we definitely match up well. But uh, no yellow cards, so nobody suspended for this game. Um, Brian, I'll let you lead off here. Do you just take kind of the same lineup we've been playing? What changes would you make? Well. I think we're going to have to make a change with Pulisic, but um, sure. that's a that's a one to one with Aronson. I mean, a um, little bit different players, but I, I think like Aronson's got all the talent in the world, and um, but he's looked a little bit nervous for me um, in this tournament. Done a lot of good things, nervous. yeah. But and I think if he starts, he probably settles into the game quicker, and um, and so I'm not worried about that even. We don't, of course, you don't want to lose lose a guy like Christian Pulisic if he's not able to play. But um, I'm not too concerned about that. Everyone wants to see Geo, but I think the way that things have gone, there's zero chance that Berhalter is going to get him in the starting lineup right now. So it'll probably be what we saw today to start out with. And depending upon where the guys are, you know, what their fitness data says, we'll we'll probably dictate the first wave of subs unless something. Uh, crazy catastrophic or crazy good happens before the 70th minute. And if uh, Sergeant can't go, I assume we all think Greg will play Haji right, but what would you play him or uh, somebody else at the nine, or would you play Herrera? What would you do? Yeah, I'd go with Haji to start probably, even though he was he was pretty poor today. I think um, bringing somebody more dynamic off the bench when uh, you know when the Dutch defenders are tired is probably um, a better, it gives us a better chance of, of really creating something dangerous. Um, you're going to need, you're going to need someone strong uh, to, to run some hold up play. And, um, you know, Haji's not been great, but he's a guy who knows the core of this team since they were all really young. And, and I think that Greg probably is pretty set on doing that anyway. So that's what I would expect if uh, a sergeant can't go. Okay. Braden, same thing. Any changes? So yeah, so I think we have a change, change of striker. I, I think that uh, I striker. Yeah, um, I I think that Haji does come on for um, Sergeant. Like I, from what I heard, it, it sounds like Sergeant is going to be ready to go, and it probably sounds like Pulisic won't be either. Um, so I I just I think that. It, it's probably going to be Haji and Aronson there. I, I think those two two pick those two do pick themselves, and I think that Haji up against Van Dyke, like Van Dyke, for as big and physical as he is, like he doesn't really like a lot of physical players going up against him. Like he kind of likes his space. He likes to be able to, uh, you know, win the ball and muscle people off. And so if Haji can get into him and put like put a shoulder shoulder against him, like I think that's maybe going to be a, a thing to look out for. Um, I, I, I would go with that over Ferreira just because I think that's a challenge that Van Dyke is very prepared for as well as like you talk about Delict, uh, Timber or, or whoever they throw out there. Like they have a number of good defenders who are well prepared to handle um, Ferreira's pace, I think. So 
I think it's going to be Haji. I think it's going to be Aronson. I wouldn't – I look, if you told me it was going to be Reyna instead of Aronson, I, I'd be perfectly fine with that. But I, I think it's going to be Aronson. Uh, Brad, anything to add? And um, By the way, listeners, if you haven't figured it out, um, Braden's dog is Stryker. Uh, <laughs> he's the one who keeps saying hi to us in the background. So I guess I probably didn't make that clear on the last episode, but um, now we all know. Um, my addition, I, I actually disagree. I would play Ferrer up top. I think having fresh legs makes a difference early in the game. If if I'm Verhalter, there's going to be a thought of playing this passively and trying to understanding it's going to be more tactically tight game, kind of like the England game was. I'd go try to steal a goal early. And I think a, a fresh-legged Ferreira running at the defense would be glorious in that respect. I also would probably play Reyna over Aronson. Um, I think Aronson's been great, but from a 1v1 being able to beat somebody um, with the ball at their feet, Reyna's better. And I think it's going to take a moment of brilliance to win this game, and he he gives you a higher ceiling for that. Okay, yeah. Um, I would love to see Reyna. I don't think there's a shot in hell we're going to see it. I don't either. Now, now, what I want to see versus what I think we're going to see are two different things. I think what we're going to see is what you guys have laid out. All right. So, Brian, um, you're new here, so you get the uh, baptism by fire. Um, that was a hell of a game. What was your biggest moment of suffering? I was already suffering desperately watching us defending, and then when I saw desperately, that penalty shot. Huh? Huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I saw the penalty shot for Iran, and I just knew it was that was over. And I, I knew it was soft, but I which just thought, one? Yeah, this, well, the one at the very uh, at the very end. I can't remember um, who it was uh, that went down to the box, but uh, the Cameron Carter Vickers one. Yeah, uh, yes, Turner actually one. pulled the ball. Okay, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Um, yeah, I forgot the minute and everything, but I just I just knew it was over for a good. Nobody knows or cares. It's fine. We all remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that I su- I suffered more in in that sort of uh, thirty to sixty seconds than I have watching soccer for a long, long time. Oh wow! Um, I mean, I get Newcastle hasn't been great, but that's that's saying something. Um, Brad, yeah. haven't you? Uh, it was extra time watching the ball slowly roll towards our goal. It's about to go in, and then it finally gets cleared off the back line. Um, I was convinced that ball's halfway there that we were about to draw and be out of the tournament. Um, it was. It felt like it was going in slow motion. So uh, that hurt. And when they finally cleared it out, I, I think I audibly woke up my wife, who was taking a nap upstairs, and I'm enclosed in my office downstairs. So I was yelling that loud. Okay, Braden. All right, you guys already covered the obvious one, so I'm going to go one with slightly less obvious, which in the 83rd minute, Iran appeals for a handball, and it, it continues going. And, and they are vigorously appealing for a handball, and I'm like, oh, no, there must have been something that I missed. And then the replay comes, and it's the most benign, like maybe it grazes someone's finger. I, I, I think it was Shaq Moore, like we already yeah, talked about. after hitting you know, like a thigh in a chest. Yeah, yeah, it was like, you got me worked up for this. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you? Well, um, no, no, no. This, this is kind of mine as well. Uh, mine was the free kick leading up to that. 
Yeah. Because um, I, as we all know, I predicted it. We're going to like get knocked out of this fucking tournament on a stupid free kick in the group stage. But um, they pull it back, like in what seems to be in the middle of the play. Uh, Moose had actually like, fallen over the ball and handled it. And so they called a, a free kick for that. But um, we're like, oh, okay. Well, there's no way that was a handball. That was weird. And uh, they like stop the play in what seems to be the middle of the play. And we're like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. We're actually going to call this. Braden, am I on the right track? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay. Can, can I throw out an honorable mention moment of yeah. suffering? Yes. It, it's going to be when we have a very great free kick opportunity shortly after Acosta is subbed on and like Musa steps up to take it. And my notes are like, if if Acosta does not take this, like why is he on the pitch? Yeah, totally agree. I, I get I it's also, your birthday, but other shit is going exactly, on. Exactly, yes. <laughs> I will also say there's probably collective suffering uh, everywhere uh, for the man in the hospital on his testicular torsion right now. Because I think everybody who saw the replay, once it happened, if you've had that happen to you, you you know. That's America's testicle now. Yeah, you just know. I mean, honestly, put it in a glass box, put it in the Smithsonian, and, you know, we'll be okay. You know, I bet if we actually, if we somehow win the World Cup, that probably isn't the most far-fetched idea I've ever heard. I mean, put it, like, next to the Hope Diamond, and we can go tour it, and it'll be great. It's fine. 360 degree view of it. Um, this is a weird <laughs> conversation, so I'm going to move on. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, Brian, I know you have to run from us here uh, in a minute because real life takes its its toll on all of us. We are into the last 16. Brad kind of mentioned earlier that was kind of his goal, or at least his perception of U.S. soccer's goal. Uh, do you think, you know, even if we get blasted by Holland in the next game, this is so far a successful World Cup and or... Do you fire Greg if that happens? Do we need to win, or does anything else need to happen for Greg to keep his job? I think um, Greg probably preserved his job today, unfortunately. Um, there's been a narrative that I think that, for some reason, we've lowered the bar, right? When we had much less talent, the baseline expect- expectation for this for the United States was to get out of the group stage. And then there's all this discussion about, like, um, you know, I saw a headline that said Greg silenced his critics based on the England draw, which is no. absurd, right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy, yeah. but there's there's a lot of it wasn't even a sick dime there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's it, four there's of us of, here where we haven't been silenced. There's there's a lot of stuff in the mainstream media about like you know, well that, and then today was a referendum on on Greg. Okay, fine. Well, if he lost, sure, it would have been. But um, I don't know why we lowered the bar to just like getting out of the group is now a success because this, this team is so much better, like light years better than any team we've ever had before. And um, so good. It was, it was, it was a tough slog to get out and um, you know, I'm proud of them for doing that. I don't, it's hard for me to say that this is a, it's a great success when we've done it so many times before and we have so much more talent right now. Um, but I don't know that that's the narrative that's going to carry the day. Yeah, and I think when we get late in a game like we did today and we go full vibes, I don't really know how to ask this question because the answer is no, but is Greg like a significant hindrance or is he just sort of like a general coaching hindrance because he is not a vibes coach at all? 
like how big of a factor do you think Greg Ball is when we have to go into just full like fuck it, throw everything at the wall, let's figure it out um, type of games like this? Yeah, I don't. I thought Greg was fine today, other than the one decision that I've criticized repeatedly here. But um, yeah, he's not a vibes coach. I, all I all I would ask is that you know he just trusts his players when when that kind of stuff happens. We've got a young team; they haven't been here before, and so um, you know there's a good chance that it's not going to go well whenever the vibes take over. But um, yeah, at some point you just got to trust the guys out there. They are in, immensely talented. And I enjoy watching them even when I don't appreciate all the coaching decisions. And, and I just, I, I'm happy that we have all these guys on our team and, and that we get to witness this for at least four more years too. Those fuckers suck me in again. Braden, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a tough one to answer because I think getting out of the group represents like the, the first level of success because I, I do kind of think that that like that is the standard of which I think you have to judge U.S. teams in the World Cup. Is do you get out of the group? Like, okay, yes, you check that off that first like tick box. It, so much beyond that, I think, depends on the matchup and how things go. And I I don't think he's necessarily going to be held too much to account for losing to the Netherlands. Like, I think that they're. A traditional power, like I think it's going to be, it's it's an uphill battle. Like as much as we talked about, like maybe that's a matchup we'd rather have. Like they have a very very talented squad. I I am personally of the opinion that I would like to see us make a change at manager unless like Greg gets to the semifinal, uh, just because like I I think that's important for national teams in general. It's just to get new ideas, get new voices, and and that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm not I mean, sure what U.S. soccer is going to do. Well, nobody else ever is. Um, and I know you're big on the one coach, one cycle thing. Um, Brad, what do you think? I, I know you kind of said the goal was getting out of the group, but is that your goal? How do you feel? Yeah, I, I think you got to take a step back. I, I understand we get out of the, we consistently get out of the group when we make World Cup. Fine. Told, and we've done it with lesser talent. Great. But we have to take a step back and remember it's been eight years since we've been here. And we have to take a step back and remember the psyche of what this U.S. men's national team program was four years ago. And also understand that we've got one of the youngest rosters out there right now. So it's easy to think that the moment, even though some of these guys have played – like a Pulisic, right? He, he's played in Champions League. The moment can be large here over these three games. And I think it's a success getting out of the group. I would love to go at least make the round of eight. Um, obviously, the Dutch present a hell of a challenge, but I don't think it's insurmountable. I think Greg keeps his job. And I think you also, it, it's, it's not going to be a popular opinion. Greg's not fantastic. However, he has tactically put this team in a position for the first three games to get through the group and to manage the tournament. Um, We should have beaten Wales. If it's not for a stupid play by Walker Zimmerman, we beat Wales. We played a very, very smart, intelligent game against England. And then today, a game that we probably should have won two or three nothing. 
um, with the way that we played in the first half. So it's hard for me to get on the guy too much when I think we're really just one legitimately dangerous striker away from being consistently fantastic. I guess Brian's gone already. Well, I tried. Um, I probably just avoided a tongue lashing from Brian, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Don't worry, you're going to get it from me or Braden. Braden, uh, you want to take this one from the leap? No, I was going to follow up. Like, I I feel like a lot of the vibes around um, Southgate and Bearhalter are very similar vibes, where it's it's a lot of, oh, you're doing terrible, like – you're not maximizing the talent. It, it's not attacking enough. It's not what we want to see. But it kind of gets results, even if it's just, like, good enough. Um, and that's kind of what you need in tournaments. Like, it, it would Bearhalter make a great club coach? Like, I personally don't think so. But mm-hmm. I think he's kind of doing fine in as terms of, like, a national team coach and getting results. So... I don't have that many strong disagreements. Like, I think it's fine. It's just, like, my personal thing is, you know, the coach gets one cycle, and then you need new ideas. But beyond that, like, I think Berhalter's been fine this World Cup. Not yeah, great, yeah. but fine. I agree with that. I, I, I would love to see some fresh blood for the next cycle, um, especially because I think we could be more dynamic with the way that we play. However... You you mentioned it, Braden. It's a results oriented game, especially when you get into tournaments. And we're and we're about to be in a knockout situation, right? Where it's just one game in, win or lose, win go home, win or go home. So ultimately, you need a coach that can manage that. And Greg has shown that he can do that. And he's shown it with lesser rosters, right? Um, I think it's very easy to argue that the Mexican team last year, the gold cup brought a better roster than we did. And he still found a way to get that team, not only to the final, but to win the trophy. And and nobody gives a damn if you're winning one, nothing, as long as you're winning, we can talk all day about wanting to win prettier, less in a less hectic manner than we did the last 15, 20 minutes. But the fact the matter is, is that we're playing Saturday and that's ultimately the only thing that matters. Sure. And uh, to some extent, that's a bit of a cop out, though. Like it works until it doesn't. My issue isn't that it didn't work. It's that I'm worried it's going to stop working earlier than it should. Um, You know, we can take Greg against like kind of the null hypothesis or whatever you want to call it of a U.S. national team coach with this level of talent. And I don't think he's up to snuff. Uh, The other elephant in the room here is not Greg himself. It's that his brother hired him, held the job when we were in a full-blown fucking crisis for 13 months open. That's 13 months of development we didn't get for anybody uh, for Greg. And if you want to hold the job open for 13 months for Pep Guardiola, Man City, that's one thing. But, like, just kind of barely eking by. And again, you know, like, great, if we run out and win the World Cup, I will come on here and sing hymns to Greg Berhalter for a fucking week. Fine. I will but I don't see that. I, mean, I I hope both of you will. Um, <laughs> I will write my own songs about this. Um, hopefully, better than "Suckers Coming Home" or uh, "He's the Dest Around." But <laughs> how it looks right now isn't okay. Well, we kind of won. That's great. Um, fine. 
but my worry isn't, yeah, we barely hung on to beat Iran and we should have beaten Wales. I, you know, can't really blame Greg for um, a crazy Walker Zimmerman moment, but, and I, I, I do think he's gotten a lot of things right. So I'm not trying to just kind of be like crazy uh, U.S. national team fan here, but you have to look at how he was hired and say, this has to be better. And also look at the fact that we're just barely squeaking by, which, you know, if you barely squeak by and you get to the semis, fine. But the way we're playing right now doesn't look like that's even remotely possible. Uh, and that's my big hangup. Um, you know, if we were playing great football and uh, whatever, we get picked off by somebody, fine. But um, there's sort of a, a balance you have to have there. Braden, anything you want to add? So what I was going to say is, what do you think, like, just if you remove Burhalter from it and just put like average national team coach in there, like what do you think this U.S. team achieves? No, I th- I think we're at the um, the minimum right now. Um, if you look and, at our group, yeah, is... I, I kind of think the same. Like I, I think that like we're basically at. Greg hasn't provided any additional value, and he's kind of it, whether or not you want to say that. We should have beat like we should have beat Wales the way that game played out, but at the same time, you know, fine, whatever. Like I think, did you predict four points for the U.S. in our preview? Uh, yeah, I said we would draw Wales, um, beat England, and lose to Iran. Actually, Seth got it right because Seth always gets it right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm shocked because I, yeah, I think um, I had six he, points. He, he, had, he had us to, on uh, five. He did have us scoring five goals. Yeah, I think but I, 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 I guess my bigger analogy here is like we jumped through all these gigantic, crazy, ridiculous hoops for Greg Burhalter and like the uh, most of the people yeah, who yeah, this yeah. watch the Premier League. And we just hit the point of, OK, we qualified for at least the Europa League for me. Uh, I think, that's like, yeah, it's great. Um, I'm not upset about it. I'm I'm happy we did that. But I don't understand people who are like, oh, Greg saved his job and he's the savior of the USA. Like that sort of shit is completely out of line to me, Brad, anything? I mean, I think it's a fair point. Um, I think my expectations were just lower than other folks coming into this tournament. But are um, they based on like the team from what you've seen by Burhalter? Cause you're like relatively new to the whole U S soccer. Possibly. I, I, think just, before, I, think but... I think it's from watching qualification. Right. And, and that could, that's a granted, that's a Greg thing. He's, he was there throughout qualification, but we have not played well outside of the u.s in a year maybe a little more um so i'm not shocked i i i I keep coming back to i think youth is playing a part of it and just a little bit of hesitancy and maybe some nerves and i really do think that goes away now because i think there's a ton of pressure on these guys to hey you're expected to get out of the group well now that you're out bets are off and nobody's going to expect them to beat the Netherlands. Um, so with the pressure off, I think they play looser. Does that change tactics from Greg or anything? Probably not. Does he still hold the team back from their potential ceiling? Yeah. I, and I would still like to see him gone after this cycle because I do think we can be better, but I'm not as down on him as everybody else is. So I'm going to follow up to that. Brad, like I, I think that we saw in the England game, I think that we saw that Berhalter was able to put together a pretty good 
game plan for England in, in a match that we're expected to be underdogs. And I think the Netherlands match will be very similar. Like, mm-hmm. we expect to be underdogs in that match. And I think that, you know, whatever you want to say, whether it's tactics, whether it's, you know, vibes, whether it's getting the guys up for it, whatever, like, I think we are ready to play that England match. And I think if it had gone to extra time, I kind of would have fancied us to, like, in, in a match where, maybe not at penalties, but, like, although it was England, but in a match where um, you have to get a winner, I kind of fancy our chances in it. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, not, ahead, I'm not throwing in the towel on the game at all. I, I think our, I think the way he will set us up and the way that we have been playing defense to maybe hit one on the counter or hit two on the counter, it, I, I like the, I like our chances. I really do. And, and I would love to revisit, like, what does a Greg conversation look like if we beat the Netherlands and get to the round of eight? So if we beat Holland and get to the round of eight, would you award him his fourth G? <laughs> yes, he will only be one cell signal behind the latest generation. <laughs> By the way, I just got Google Fiber. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it if you guys have uh, the option. Yeah, live with the um, birds, man. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. Um I don't know. I feel like we're doing two different conversations here where I agree we set up great against England. And if we had stuck in a goal, I would be like waving flags for Burhalter and we probably deserved one. But we're in this weird thing where we play these quote unquote better teams and, you know, like we match up good and, you know, we play well against them. But I don't think we're getting those like big results against them. And also we can't take it to quote unquote lesser teams around Wales. Uh, the way we should. So we're sort of in this weird middle ground that I don't know what to do with that. Braden, educate me. I I don't really have a great answer for you there. Like, I... Rad, you're whack. Yeah. I, you know, you, you say lesser teams, quote unquote. And I got to pull this up exactly to make sure I've got this. Iran's right. 20th, we're 16th, Wales is 19th. Yes. That's what I'm trying to look for. It, I know. We actually were in, arguably, from a world ranking standpoint, the toughest group in the tournament. Yeah, but it's not 2014 where we're playing Ghana, Germany, who ended up winning the World Cup in Portugal. Oh, for sure. But from a strictly, like, if you're going to add the, if you you think from a numerical perspective and you add the world ranking points or rankings of all the teams in your group and the lowest number wins is the hardest group, I'm pretty sure that's where they are the hardest group or the second hardest group in this tournament. Uh, we're certainly the only one in the top uh, with every team in the top 20. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm not going to get mad that we didn't smash Iran or smash Wales because they're legitimately. Good we didn't teams. even beat Wales. We didn't need to smash them. Well, fair. But we did anyways. I, Fuck I just, them. That first half was great. Yeah. Was. But I just, I don't, I, I, I try to take a step back from a 30,000 foot view and go, that was a hell of a hard group to get out of, and we got out. And I don't think people are giving enough credence to that. So um, I'll I'll jump in here, too, and say I agree with you. I think this is a much harder group than people expected. Uh, and I'm proud we got out, and I think Greg deserves some plaudits for doing that. I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate a bit here because people are, you, you know, you read the headline. Oh, Burhalter silences his critics. Not at all. Um, there's still plenty of things to criticize him on, but... Yeah, we got out of the group. We did what we should do at a World Cup. 
uh, at this point. And hey, let's have fun with it. It was a great game. We won. Um, Braden, how did you celebrate? Um, Other I than jumping mostly, on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I mostly like decompressed for a second, and then I looked at you, and I was like, I, I, I looked at the Facebook Messenger, and I was like, I'm gonna need a minute before I join. Like, I was actually minorly offended. You said that. It's like, yeah, 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 dude, I got it. I, I understand. Fair <laughs> enough, because it was like 4:02 or something, and the game ended, and I was just like. The invite was before, like, fuck, <laughs> like, I'm going to be there, but, like, I'm sure he'll understand as well. Um, I No, I was just relieved more than anything else. Like, the celebration that I had was for the goal. Like, the rest was just, I'm so glad this is done. Decompress and take a second. Grab a few more beers. It, it'll be fine. Uh, what was your final number, uh, including this podcast? <laughs> Let's, Nicole doesn't yeah, listen. Yeah, right it's, now. Pr- it's probably fine. <laughs> okay, I'm still Six on zero beers for the entire World Cup. So real men oh, don't wow. count beers. It's fine. No, uh, these World Cup matches have been happening during the middle of my workday, man. It's been it's been tough. <laughs> yeah, little I bit, scheduled but... quote unquote focus time on the calendar. <laughs> it's the key. Yeah, I think another one I saw was exercise and. Like, oh, I had a bunch of, like, uh, back time off, and I just sort of absentmindedly scheduled the USA uh, World Cup days off, which is the worst fucking decision I've ever made in my life. Because then I had the entire day to freak out about it. Um, no, I, I think we've done good here. The U.S. did good. Uh, Brad, anything you want to wrap up with? No, I'm just really looking forward to Saturday. I'm actually looking forward to a weekend match where I can go out and watch the game with uh, a group of folks and have a beer and you know, actually enjoy the vibes of the World Cup outside of outside of my home office. Uh, what's your score prediction? I'm going to go 1-0 U.S. in extra time. Okay. Um, nice. Braden? I'm going 2-1 U.S. because I have not learned anything uh, from the, <laughs> the first three matches we've That's had. That's a very good answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I have no reason for it, but I, I'm going to remain optimistic for for nothing other than that's why we're here, right? Like, just to support the team and, and be fans, so. Did either you that's guys all get, I've got. I'm sorry. Did either of you guys get taken aback at all by, like, how – because it was weird for me. Like, I was reading a bunch of stuff about how terrible everything outside the World Cup was and, like, the club season had – just taking its pause and I didn't really get into the world cup until maybe like the, probably like the day before Thanksgiving. Um, I think it was the Canada Belgium game where I was like, Oh, okay. It's, it's world cup time now. And I was kind of into it during the, the England game. And I've definitely loved some of the other games going on and I've literally watched every single world cup game so far, but it felt a little odd to me. So um, does this sort of settle you guys at all? Or are you kind of in world cup mode at all? I've been there. I, I've, I've already, I think I've actually watched more of this World Cup than any cup I have in the past. Okay. Um, just the scheduling. Granted, now missing the four, I'm not getting up for the four AM games um, during the middle of the week, especially. Just well, they're over, so you're fine. Yeah, it's fine. Thank God. But um, I've been watching more probably than I have been in years past because it being on during the middle of the day or the morning and then pretty much all day for the most part has made it easier for me to follow 
Um, I mean, if I remember right, you think about when it was in South Korea, right? Games were in the middle of the night. Just hard to follow. Yeah, it was also interesting and had a, a time I had to go to bed, but um, yeah. I figured it out. Braden? Yeah, I was going to say, I think in addition to that, it's also like the fact that you can stream. So, like, I can put it on my phone yeah. and, and watch it along watch along with the matches even when you know i have something else to do like i can just kind of follow it along um i yeah i i do think this like finally feels like the world cup like the tension of being eliminated i think is the key part to it it before then even the england match it was just kind of like and perhaps this is just from, you know, going to a bar with a lot of England supporters and, and just, like, maybe there's a tension of, like, fuck England <laughs> for that. But even that was just more about, like, that specific performance. But today where it was win or – actually win or go home, not even a draw, not in, not any sort of, like, looking at any other outcomes. The just, most American yeah. shit ever, baby. It, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fuck draws. Um, like you have to win or you're out. I, I think that's when it really became real to me today. As no playoffs. Why do you even do this? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to ask you guys a follow-up question, but I'm going to say we draw one-to-one and lose on penalties, which brings us into, Braden, who are your five penalty takers? Fuck, man. Five penalty takers. Um are we assuming that Pulisic is not on the pitch? Let's assume uh, Pulisic and Sargent are both out. Okay. Because if Sargent starts, he'll be yanked before then either way. So. Oh. Yeah. So, hmm. Right, let's roundtable it. Braden, you can pick one. Brad, you can pick one. Then I'll pick one. Okay. So, I'm going to start with Dust. Okay. Brad? Ferreira. Okay, you think Ferreira will be on the pitch, or you would pick him? I think he gets subbed on late in the game. I, I don't think you're going to have if Haji starts, and we're assuming Sargent isn't available. Haji's not going to go a full 120. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm taking Tyler Adams. He's done everything else. He can hit a penalty. Yeah, fuck it. That's a great reasoning for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Braden, uh, number four. I guess we'll do six, but. I'm going to go with Musa. Kind of along the same, like, Tyler Adams vibes. It's just, like, put talent on there. Yeah, I mean, if, that, right. if that's the case, then you you have to sub in Geo at 110, assuming you're going to PK. Yep. Get him some run time, get his, get his blood flowing, and then make him one of your five. Is Don't that do a Southgate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Is that a you have to or you think Greg will do it, Brad? I think you have to. If you're okay. looking at going to PKs with seven, eight, ten minutes to go, you have to sub him on. Hopefully, see if he can steal a goal late. But if not, then he's he's not in there cold taking a PK. I, I will say, and this may not be very popular with a lot of American fans, but like that's a lot of pressure to put on a 19 year old. Um, and he's it's 20. a lot of pressure. Oh, is he 20 now? Sorry, I I, I guess I think I'm Musa, but um, who is now also 20. Yep. Um, it, it, has he ever taken a penalty? And I say that, like, I don't know if Dest takes penalties or AC Milan or Barcelona before that. But I, I 
man, I really hope we don't get a penalty. So now, now no, yeah, I just think like, if that's the case, you put talent on the field, right? Yeah, and, fair enough. Fair enough. And guys who could put the ball in the back of the net, and that's a guy that I know who could put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, because I just don't think we have that many people who take penalties at their no. club level. So, like, I, I think you're right. Like, talent is going to supersede everything. No, I don't think we have anybody who takes penalties, at least at a club level. Pulisic and that's about it. Has... When he was at... Yeah. Pulisic has, and then Ferreira at Dallas. Okay. Um, yeah, seems like a good sub, and I think we we all here want to see him over Haji anyways, so um, if Sargent can go and that's the sub, I think, I think that's a good pick. Um, I'm torn on two here. Either of our Fulham guys I'm happy with. Because um, I Either. think Reem is cool as a cucumber and he knows how to put the ball in the... Like, I mean, you know, he's not a goal-scoring machine, but penalties are very rarely, at least at that point in the game. Um, like, an in-game penalty is a very different thing than a uh, a penalty shootout. Yeah. And I think Reem is just a guy who can walk up there and go, hey, I'm going to slide this in, you know, too bad. And uh, I, I think Robinson's been great. And if he's feeling it and says, I want to take a penalty, you put him out there. So you say you put those guys in over Weston? For a PK, I don't think Weston can play 120 minutes, so it's um, okay. It's irrelevant. Okay. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. So maybe that's an argument for Acosta too. Yeah, I was gonna say like my my kind of dark horse in this was like, are we gonna put Acosta? Like we know how good he is on set pieces in general, but like penalties are not set pieces. These are very different things. Like it, like it is technically a dead ball situation, but it's just not the same type of thing. No, and I mean he's not. Acosta has some grit, and he's he's a good player. Um, he's not walking up there like Ainsley Maitland Niles with all the confidence in the world, even though he's done exactly jack shit in the past eighteen months. But Acosta's got kind of what I look for in a player in penalties, so I would be perfectly happy with him taking them. Well, and did he did he take one in the LAFC final? I think he was subbed off, wasn't he? Oh, you're right. Um, I could be wrong about that, but no, I, I didn't. You're right. I don't remember him taking one, uh, but literally the only part of that game I watched was penalties. So um, I think I would have noticed him. I don't know. Somebody on Twitter fact check us. Tweet us at Suffering Pod. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find it now. I mean, I know he scored on the set piece in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to trying to find it now. Okay. Uh, so I'll go ahead and give one more question here. We're through. We're to the the grind stage. Best case scenario. I know we don't know who else has made it out. Um, Brayden, how far do we go? Best case. Yeah, and I mean, don't say we're going to win the World Cup because that's a cop out answer. Okay. Um, Unless you really think that's. I'm going to say best case is semifinal. Okay. Um, I I I just think at that point, like if you look at the way that the bracket sets up uh, and obviously it will depend on how other teams fare in their groups. But I think that if we can get past Netherlands, it's reasonable. Um, I'll, I haven't like fully looked at this, so maybe I'll look at this after we get done here and be like, Oh, nope. We're going to play someone great after Netherlands if we win. But I, I think we have a run that if we can get past Netherlands, the next match is winnable. 
So I'm going to go semis. Like, I think at that point we'll run to someone who's just too good. Okay. I think we may run into, so we would play C1, which might be Argentina, might be Poland, might be Saudi Arabia. Um, I'm just doing this from scratch in my head. Um, so I think that's not a bad quarterfinal setup because I think the the D A one would play D one, um, which would be France. So I think England's stuck on the same side as them. But um, we can go ahead and go through this in a little deeper dive. Uh, Brad, how about you? Quarters, because I mean, if we end up having to play Argentina, I don't see it. I, I do not see us getting past a team that talented. Um, so for me, it's it's quarterfinals. This is about as far as we're going to make it. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Um, it would require Argentina to win the group, but we can we can deal with all that stuff when it comes out and, and think about it. Um, I think we did good work here to guys, today, guys. Um, what do you guys want to talk about, or do you want to jump off? I uh, I have to finish up. Uh, i got to take a late phone call for work, so I've got to jump. <laughs> okay. Braden? I don't have to take a late phone call for work, but I, I think we pretty much beat this dead horse. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be back. We'll have um, some level of analysis prior to the Holland game, uh, just after we collect our collective shit. And we'll be back with you guys. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, at Suffering Pod, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Braden's on Twitter, at TFA Braden. Um, tune in to the Football Academy. They'll give you betting lines on Premier League games and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, we would love if you guys would give us any sort of review or rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, the reviews really help us, and we have a giveaway that I can announce, I think, on our next episode uh, for anybody who actually sends us a review, which will be awesome. But, um, yeah, thank you for dealing with 80 to 90 minutes of us talking about this game and getting out our crazy, crazy feelings and we hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to send us some stuff if you guys have other feelings or think we're dead ass wrong about anything like that. Um, you know, like Brad was about Greg uh, Greg Berhalter. Yeah, I usually. Um, <laughs> other than that, um, no, we we appreciate you guys joining us and thanks for suffering with us. Bye. here for Austin Jarrett Stroud. It's Diego for goodness. He has written his name into Austin folklore. They just won't go away. It's impossible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Altidore squares it. Dempsey's missed it. Donovan has it. From hope, there is glory. 